<laughs> whose idea was this? I am not TJ Hernandez, the director of DFS at 4 for 4. I am, in fact, Matt Savoca, the co-host of the DFS MVP show. TJ Hernandez is on IR, and he certainly deserves a break for all the work he does around here. But I am joined by Jordan Vanek. Now, not TJ Hernandez on the screen. That's so good, producer Sal. Uh, Jordan Vanek, our GPP strategist this week. Really excited to dig into this week 16 slate. For new listeners, here's what we do each week for the DFS MVP show. We touch on a few core value plays at each position on the main slate, and then we typically give you some sort of theory segment. Well, the theory segment this week is spend time with family and friends and loved ones for the holidays. We're just doing value plays this week. Before we get into things, though, I do want to remind you we have a ton of content for you guys every single week on the DFS MVP feed. We've got the cash game review with TJ and myself at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Ugh, I hate saying Pacific time. Uh, 2 p.m. Eastern time on Mondays. That's only on the YouTube channel. Then we've got the Yahoo DFS show with TJ and Matt Harmon that usually comes out on Saturdays. I believe that just hit the feed for this week today, though, so that's exciting. And of course, we've got that DFS last look with Jordan Vanek, Sunday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the subscriber-only Discord. That's your deal. And last but not least, guys, we have a new rest-of-season price, a DFS Pass price drop to $24. Use code DFSNVP for an additional 10% off. And I heard from producer Sal, I'm not 100% sure if this is true, that if you use TJ's Christmas Vacation, you get a, an additional cent off. That may not be true or not, but use that code DFSNVP to get 10% off that already discounted $24 price we've got content all the way through the super bowl as well last but not least we are brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is bringing the excitement of win las vegas to online sports betting getting on all your favorite teams players and sports from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport we have what you need to win sign up today to receive a special offer and a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. So download the WinBet app now and use promo code 444 to claim that risk-free bet. Jordan, my friend, what is up? Welcome to week 16. Hey, man. It was a fantastic intro. I'm happy to be here. You know, TJ's on the IR. I tested, you know, got the negative test in or I'm feeling better enough to get in here. It's been a, it's been a rough few weeks for some COVID. I'm hoping that this NFL season fingers itself out and we stop getting guys ruled out but hey it's it's getting bad out here but good thing is is omicron hasn't been as you know dangerous as the other variants of it but i'm excited to get into this slate this one is a tricky slate but something that you can take advantage of definitely definitely a tricky slate and you know a lot of the value plays that we thought we had at the beginning of the week they're now kaput based on these uh, these COVID list additions here. And we still, we're recording this on Friday afternoon. By the time you listen to this, maybe on Sunday morning or something like that, there may be even more information. But usually on weeks like this, we can rely on the four for four value metric and get a really good idea on each of, of our respective platforms here about what the solid value plays are. Let's start at the quarterback position. Who are you looking at? For me, Matthew Stafford. 
for starters, he's going up against the Minnesota Vikings, who are ranked 31st in adjusted fantasy points against, which is one of the worst teams in the league. And when you look at it, they've allowed seven quarterbacks to throw for over 280, five games where a quarterback threw for three passing touchdowns. In the last time that McVay played Mick Zimmer, which was in 2018, Jared Goff threw for 416 yards. Three different Rams pass catchers had over 100 yards receiving. Yeah, that includes Todd Gurley getting over 150 total yards. This game has the highest over-under on the slate, and I just like the game flow with it, especially if Adam Thielen comes back, because both of these offenses can score points and push each other on that end. Yeah, I think this one is pretty simple here, and uh, I've kind of wish Sean McVay, I think Matthew Stafford was snubbed of a Pro Bowl addition uh, here. Uh, he should have been on the roster. Number one in adjusted yards per attempt. Usually when you're at that level and your team is as successful as the Rams have been, you're getting a Pro Bowl invite. Not so for Matthew Stafford. I'm in agreement here with you, though. If, if Adam Thielen comes back, I like this game environment so much better. We lose Dalvin Cook to the COVID-19 list. Obviously, we've got a wide receiver who we're probably going to want to play in this game, whether that's uh, the big Rams wide receiver in Cooper Cup or the big Vikings receiver in Justin Jefferson. But I think Stafford is probably the safest bet, a really strong value on both platforms. I'm going to go with Joe Burrow here. A little bit off the wall, 7,100 on FanDuel, 5,900 on DraftKings. You can play him in cash games this week. You don't really have to. Going up against Baltimore, slight favorite. You know, he's at seven yards per attempt or more in four straight games. That's what I really like to see. Remember, he's still a young quarterback here, and that number, 7.0 yards per attempt or more, is associated with wins and future success at the QB position. He's top 10 in clean pocket completion percentage, red zone completion percentage, 11th in pressured completion percentage, and 7th in the NFL in adjusted yards per attempt. So all considering all that 12th in fantasy points per game, I actually think he could be better than that uh, by the end of the season. Again, they're favored at home. Baltimore is much easier to pass against than run against. He's got great receivers in Boyd, Higgins, and Chase. And the Ravens are actually bottom five in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks and to wide receivers. I think you could do a whole lot worse than Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah, no, I agree with you there. And the first time that they matched up, Burrow did throw for over 400 yards, which was phenomenal. It was a huge game for Jamar Chase. And the Ravens run that cover zero, cover one coverage quite often. They didn't run it too much against Aaron Rodgers, but a lot of that had to do with just how they were guarding Adams, so it made it look like it was a cover two. They still ran a lot of cover one in that game. I do like Joe Burrow as well. He was one of the quarterbacks at 5,900 on DraftKings. I was shocked to see his price come in that low. Yeah, that's true. I think he's an even better value on DraftKings this week. I did write him up in my cash game lineup. He looks pretty solid when you compare his value score to his salary-based expectations. Uh, I'm surprised to be looking at the Ravens as a plus matchup, but here we are. All right, let's move on to the running back position. Who are you looking at? For me, it's uh, Dave Montgomery, where he's 6,600 on FanDuel, 5,700 on DraftKings, taking on the Seattle Seahawks, who, despite only giving up 13 rushing touchdowns on the year to running backs, they are the second-worst team against running backs in total points, and that's due to the high reception total. They're the only team in the NFL that has given up 100 receptions to running backs, and they've given up nine games where a running back had six or more receptions. That's unbelievable numbers from the running back position and Dave Montgomery in the last three games has had five or more receptions he had a nine target game he's got 20 touches in three of the last four games as well 
He's game script proof, and this position is very shaky this week with all the COVID rollouts. And yes, there are some guys like Justin Jackson who are a little bit lower in value, but Dave Montgomery is just a superior talent in a position where he's going to get the touches to get there on both sides. Totally agree here. Yeah, the three-game stretch, those target totals are nothing to scoff at for David Montgomery. I actually went back and looked, painstakingly looked through the last couple years, and this three-game stretch, he's had the most targets in a three-game span in his entire career these last three games. So David Montgomery finally getting that usage through the air, even if the game script goes awry. Now, I have a question for you here. Do you think that with all the free square value options we're getting at the running back position, are you considering David Montgomery a cash game play or just a solid tournament option this week? I think he's a solid, more so a tournament option than cash, just because of the fact of what you can do with some of the lower range running backs where we're going to get to one of them here. And then Justin Jackson, who is so cheap on both sides. It's it allows you to do some things with receivers and creates that higher floor, which is what you're looking for, because the receiver position is so volatile. But there's a few guys up at the top that just every single week they're getting you where you need to be. Yeah, I'm 100 percent with you here. You, you can do it. I just think the way that from a macro perspective, this slate is playing out, you're probably going low salary value running backs and then a high end player, certainly high end at wide receiver. We'll get there in a moment. One of those free square running backs we're mentioning is Ronald Jones, 5,400 on FanDuel, 5,100 on DraftKings. Yeah, you want to play running backs who are probably going to get 20-plus opportunities on teams that are 10.5-point favorites. And by the way, Tampa Bay scores the most team flex combined fantasy points and has the most team combined expected fantasy points, meaning the most fantasy potential of any team in the NFL. And with the fact that Mike Evans has been ruled out for this game and Chris Godwin is lost for the year, we now have a situation where we have a strong offense and a more concentrated offense as well. So let's see if Bruce Arians lets Ronald Jones out of the doghouse here. I know he's been in for a while, and I know that there is a downside here in the fact that Tampa Bay could just pass more. They could just put the ball in Tom Brady's hands, let him throw to Gronk and Antonio Brown and Tyler Johnson and Brashad Perryman and figure it out against a Carolina team that is just league average in schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing offenses this season. We saw 16 opportunities last week when, when Fournette left the game. And one thing I was looking at is Tampa Bay can run. They just don't really like to. They're third in player profilers, run blocking efficiency grade, and 30th in run plays for per game. So you don't need volume. You need trips to the red zone and to the end zone, and they have that going for them in spades. I think Ronald Jones is an easy, easy chop option, obviously, but he's my favorite of those three value free square running backs. Oh, yeah. No, I, I was in agreement in that regard. Ronald Jones against the Panthers last year, I believe, ran for over 190 yards against us. One of them was like a 75-yard touchdown, but he still had 100 yards on the other 15 carries, which is just unbelievable. And when Ronald Jones has gotten the ball, I believe every game he's gotten 20 carries with Brady, he's gotten over 100 rushing yards. In this game script without these, you know, Chris, Evan, or Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, it's a game where I expect them to – lean on the run a little bit give this offense a little bit of just okay we're going to be a little bit of a run running team right now let's just try to keep guys healthy and get going for the playoffs 
<laughs> well, normally, right? A team that's 10.5 point favorites with a 40, 40 something year old quarterback would say, let's get, a, get out of Carolina here and just play for the next game. Sometimes that's not the case with Bruce Arians and Tom oh, Brady. Yeah. I, betting on rational coaching is not something <laughs> we're necessarily great at. All right, before we get into this wide receiver position, I want to tell you about the easiest and most fun way to spice up your football season. We still have a lot of it left, folks. It's Underdog Fantasy and their brand new Pick'em game. Just pick over or under on your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with easy-to-use website and mobile apps, and you can pick between two and five players, and you could take home some cold, hard cash if you win here head to four for four.com slash underdog claim your free four for four pro subscription and get ten dollars in bonus cash to play this weekend on underdog all right over to the wide receiver position hit me with your first player here jordan i've got odell beckham jr uh 6600 on fan duel 5300 on DraftKings. last week i'm just getting rid of that game was moved Odell didn't really practice it, I don't think he was really that part of the game plan and they were just watching Seattle's offense and like yeah we don't need to throw the ball <laughs> like let's just we don't need to do too much on this side of the ball they're not scoring on us um and we look at the other three games that he's been with his offense he's gotten uh two games where he <clears throat> in, sorry in the two games where the offense scored more than 10 points on the other side he has seven or more targets and 70 yards in both of these games I mentioned earlier, Zimmer gave up three 100-yard receiving games to the Rams pass catchers the last time that they played against each other. And again, as Matt said earlier, this is the worst team against wideouts. They're one of the, by far, the worst team in the league. And Minnesota Vikings, they've given up multiple pass catchers of over 15 to 20 points in games this year. Yeah. This is, this is a spot where you need to be targeting Rams wide receivers. And I'm glad we actually have you on for this show because when we talk about value plays, often that correlates really, really strongly to cash game lineups. And the player I'm going to mention is kind of a no-brainer this week, the way that the slate has played out in Cooper Cup. But when we have Odell Beckham available to us again, I know Tyler Higby was recently activated. He will play in this game against Minnesota. But I think Cooper Cup, is actually making is finally like the perfect player for Odell Beckham. There's so much gravity, so much attention that Cup is getting that you can get Odell Beckham moving the other way across the field and get him wide open in space. So I think he's a fantastic tournament play. The the value option that you need to fade at your own risk here again is Cooper Cup. He's a total cheat code at the position. His 12 wide receiver one games in 2021 is five wide receiver one game weeks better than the next closest receiver that's Debo Samuel who has seven wide receiver one weeks he's had 10 plus targets in every single game except one where he had nine targets and we're approaching that dare I say CMC level of lock him in on the main slate when he's on there basically every time Cooper Cup is on the main slate I'm putting him in until further notice on FanDuel I think you can pair him with my next favorite play someone we've already mentioned a little bit on DraftKings it's tougher to do but not impossible and again Minnesota dead last in schedule adjusted fantasy points to opposing wideouts we cannot say it enough they just they just got rid of a cornerback because he got in a verbal altercation with one of the coaches like it's a mess in the secondary in minnesota let's just put it that way oh yeah no this is cooper cups on that that michael thomas here two years ago where he was like 
I think, 90 or 100 points better than the second-best receiver. They're in their own stratosphere at this point, and Cooper Cup is just week in, week out, getting you everything. He's potentially going to break Calvin Johnson Jr.'s record for receiving yards. It's just been an unbelievable season and very exciting to see what he's been able to do with new quarterback and new situation. We're actually seeing him down the field, and it's like, wow, this guy's had this all these years. Jared Goff was just his quarterback. <laughs> yeah, just held back a little bit there. The the play caller was there, not not the QB so much. Hey, hey, quick on the spot question for you: Where are you taking Cooper Cup in season long drafts? Is it's if the season ended today? If the season ended today, and assuming Adams and say Adams and Rodgers don't play together next year, I, I'll take Cooper Cup probably starting six, seven. I'm very. I've always been receiver early in PPR, even in half point, depending upon what the quarterback situation is. But with Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup in the same place, I'm totally comfortable taking him in the top eight. See, I think I'm right there too, and I'm worried that we're not going to get him <laughs> at that spot if we start to draft him there. Seriously, I think he could end up going in the top three picks, even with the way that Jonathan Taylor has played and with. Uh, excuse me, Derrick Henry played when he was healthy. All right, that was fun. Moving on here to the wide receiver two for me. And really, he's just a wide receiver two by a hair because Cooper Cup is playing on this main slate. In that same game, it's Justin Jefferson. 8,400 on FanDuel, 8,100 on DraftKings. I know, I'm not going very far off the board. I had Gabriel Davis as one of my value plays. We had to adjust adjust at the last minute here. Give me a break, it's Christmas Eve. I'm on uh, Team Jamamin with Jefferson and Cup on FanDuel, as I mentioned, and I'm not afraid of the Jalen Ramsey treatment. We know that shadow cornerbacks don't shadow players 100% of the time, and Ramsey is cornerback four in PFF's team, excuse me, PFF's player defensive coverage grades. He's not cornerback one by a wide margin like he was in previous seasons. We're not adjusting for every single cornerback in the top five. I think it's just a name brand thing. Even PFF grades this as a average matchup for Jefferson. And then you just look at the player. An average matchup is above average for him compared to everyone else. Nine plus targets in six straight games, 75 yards receiving, a touchdown or both in seven straight games and 11 of his last 12 straight games. As good as you think he is, Justin Jefferson is better than that, in my opinion. He's sixth in the NFL in yards per route run at 2.76. He's second in share of receiving yards and receiving TDs. That's often called dominator rating, if you've ever seen that around the web. And he has the most targets of 20-plus air yards in the NFL, more than Cooper Cup, more than all these deep ball specialists, Tyreek Hill. It's Justin Jefferson. Even if Thielen is in in this game, I think you could still make a case for Justin Jefferson as that second wide receiver where you focus so much of your salary on those two top-end wideouts. Oh, yeah, and I think I don't even think Thielen really hurts him, to be honest. I think he actually helps him in this type of matchup because it just allows the Vikings to be more dynamic on the offensive side of the ball because the last two weeks, missing Thielen has ruined some of their drives. They're not picking up as many third downs. But with Thielen and Jefferson in the lineup, it's a little bit harder to defend. And we've seen the Rams give up some plays to wide receivers, and Jefferson is more than capable of beating Ramsey because Ramsey has been beat in coverage multiple times throughout his career. It's just some of these quarterbacks haven't been able to put the ball on the money or even close in that regard because I've seen Odell do it a few times to Ramsey, but Eli underthrew him and different things like that. So I'm in agreement with you on Justin Jefferson. He's one of my favorite tournament plays on DraftKings as well.
Nice, nice. All right, <laughs> who you got for your second wide receiver value this week? The man who's just walking into opportunity with Antonio Brown. The Buccaneers are the people that were just the values there for them this week because we have no idea what the offense is going to necessarily go do without Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, but they're still going to perform because they have Tom Brady at quarterback. On DraftKings, he's 4900 On Fandle, you can get away from him. 7K is a little bit up there in pricing, but for 4900 on DraftKings without Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, I'm not passing up Antonio Brown. Despite not only playing over 60% of the snaps one time this year, he has five or more receptions in 80% of his games, two games with over 10 targets, three games with over 90 receiving yards, and total of four touchdowns on the season. He's been out due to suspension and some bad decision-making, but right now he's walking in and needed in this offense, and they have nowhere else to go. I don't think Antonio Brown's going to get less than 10 targets in this game and just makes for such a good play on both sides. Due to some bad decision-making. <laughs> what, a, what a great way of putting that. Yes. And uh, I'm, I'm with some family here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And let me tell you, some Pittsburghers are pretty irate that Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown are in Tampa Bay just chilling with Tom Brady. <laughs> They're not having a great time with that information. Yeah, I, I totally agree here. Antonio Brown likely walking into double-digit targets here. He is fifth in the NFL in targets per route run, currently getting a target on 31.1% of all of his routes run this season. And he's had 19 fantasy points per game this year in PPR scoring. I mean, when he's on the field, he is highly, highly effective. All right, let's move on to the tight end position here. I like this play you've got. Uh, I think you could play him in cash games, but I think he's a really, really strong tournament option. Oh, yeah, the tight end position in general is always coming down to touchdowns and different things. And like I said earlier, the Ravens run a cover zero, cover one at one of the highest rates in the NFL. And you look at Ozuma, he's fifth in yards against this coverage amongst tight ends in the NFL. He is the most touchdown. This is where he makes his money because if you're running the cover zero, cover one, and say, you know, the tight end position is where they're probably going to leave out the coverage of, and you saw it in the first time they played, C.J. Ozuma had three catches for 91 yards and two touchdowns against the Ravens. I don't think he's going to have that type of efficiency, but a 3K on DraftKings for in a game where you're going to see a ton of the coverage go to Chase, Higgins, and Boyd, Ozuma's going to be flying around there under the radar, and again, he can make the plays after the catch. He's kind of, to me, I feel like Ozuma's like that mini Noah fan, where he's not, he's not quite there athletically, but in this offense with these receivers, he just goes under the radar, and when they give him the ball, he can make the plays, and against the Ravens, with just how depleted they are in the secondary, I expect them to be able to make plays again. I think this is a really, really interesting call here because I was looking at Tyler Boyd and obviously Higgins and Chase are basically to the point where you can kind of play them whenever you want especially in tournaments because they can hit for big games regardless of matchup but you mentioned Noah Fant I kind of see it you know Uzoma is a little a little bit undersized 6'5 263 but at that size he's running a 467 40 that's a 91st percentile speed score this is an athletic player in Uzoma and you know lots of people thinking about those big three receivers in Boyd Higgins and Chase they may forget about Uzoma obviously he can benefit from those holes in the Baltimore receiving game excuse me receiving defense I should say I'm going to go with Rob Gronkowski here. This is 
basically the same argument as Antonio Brown. I think this is your cash game tight end this week. Uh, if you can get there, especially 6,700 on FanDuel even is, is fine. 6,200 on DraftKings I like even better. I mean, welcome back to your 2017 All-Stars. I believe I won a 2017 season-long fantasy championship on the backs of Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown. I bet other people listening did as well. I think you can expect 20 to 25 looks for the duo here between Brown and Gronk and probably 28 to 30 if you include Rojo in that trio as well. Carolina, again, is just league average in schedule adjusted fantasy points allowed to opposing offenses. So we're not changing our projections for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay offense. We're only altering things based on the injuries that they have on their side of the ball. Again, this is the top team in flex expected fantasy points and in flex team fantasy points as well. So again, the most fantasy opportunity for team, for players who are getting a lot of opportunity. And Gronk has been hyper-efficient this year. 2.0 yards per route run is top 10 among tight ends. He's one of two full-time tight ends with an average depth of target over 10.0. And he's second in targets of 20-plus air yards. He's got six TDs. That's a ridiculous 15% of his catches going in the end zone right now. Maybe that comes down if he's getting more targets. But ultimately, volume is a great thing for a player who is a 10.5-point favorite on the road this week. Oh, yeah, no, Gronk is one of those guys that you can just touch down, just touch down equity, and in this offense, he is their best threat in the red zone now. Like, Mike Evans isn't here, and they can't do some of the, you know, pounding, like, using Fournette in that regard. So it's Gronk, and I, I agree. Gronk looks like himself again, and it's crazy that it's been it's been a few years since this has been the case, but he's healthy, and he's been killing it. I think the game against the Colts, he had over 100 yards receiving. This past game was a nightmare for him, but the Saints are just – that's just the, what they do against the Buccaneers. And when they lost yeah. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans in that game, they're looking around, they're like, all right, Gronk's the only guy that we have to defend. It happened, and he had a high target game. He had 11 targets. He just was failed to get many receptions. But in this one, he gets that type of target share or targets. He's going to perform at such a high level. Yeah, it's true. And you have to wonder, too, because I remember when Gronk was out with the rib injury, I remember, I believe it was Jay Glazer reporting that a big deal for Gronk was being given the time to actually recover so that he could play at the level he knows he can. And I wonder if teams that get veteran players let's say a player like Devontae Adams is available in the free agent market a year from now and a team wants to manage him correctly if there is some sort of small injury I wonder if they use this as a blueprint because when Gronk has been on the field he has been absolutely elite compare that to someone like Calvin Johnson who was you know got not given that same grace and shortened his career likely because of it certainly lowered his explosive explosiveness in the last few years of that career Okay, guys, we're moving on to the defense here, and this one's this one's getting wild this week because we've got absences all over the place, and I cannot believe I'm suggesting we play the Atlanta Falcons defense because Atlanta is usually the team that we focus on, that we pick on, mm. that we look for in shootout potentials. And you know what? I'm not going to say that the shootout potential for this game is zero, even if Detroit is without Jared Goff. But we are going to be targeting a defense that is 3,800 on FanDuel, unbelievable, 2,600 on DraftKings, facing a backup quarterback. I mean, 
the Detroit defense, excuse me, Detroit offense was ranked 26th in PFF's team offensive grades before Goff was ruled out. So you got to assume that they're uh, right around last in the league. This week, we are targeting the Blaumeister, David Blau, or Tim Boyle, whoever whoever ends up starting here. Uh, this might end up being Blaumageddon for Detroit. They, they are six-point underdogs, and I think that is generous right now. I know Atlanta doesn't have the best defensive unit in the league, but I do think they easily take care of business against the Lions without their quarterback. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that here, especially if Tim Boyle is the starting quarterback. I mean, people got to realize this man had one touchdown and 14 picks in college. That's his career. We have a guy starting in the NFL that had 13 more interceptions. He had one touchdown. That's even remarkable. But he had 13 more interceptions and touchdowns in college, which is just scary. But with me, it's, it's the Chicago Bears against Seattle. Seattle's offense has been unwatchable in recent weeks. They put up 30 against the Texans. Congrats. That's the Houston Texans for you. They did it against the 49ers, which was really impressive. But they also turned over the ball four times. And divisional games have been a little tricky. The Chicago Bears, even though they've been a very underperforming team and everybody hates Matt Nagy, they've held three of their last five opponents under 20 points. The only two teams that scored over 20 was Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers. Those are two of the top offenses. This Seattle offense is not the same. And then you look at Wilson since coming back from injury, he's been sacked three times, at least three times in four games since coming back. And this team, the only team that did not sack Russell Wilson was, again, the Houston Texans, who just aren't the defense (laughs) to be able to do that. The Bears are tied for third in the league in sacks, and they come in at such a cheap price on both sides. Both of these defenses are totally fine values. I know Hakeem Hicks is gone for the Bears, and I know Tyler Lockett is returning. But it's still, defenses don't usually kill you on either side. These two are in such good matchups to be able to get you enough to go get your Justin Jeffersons and Cooper Cups of the world. I swear, you said defenses don't, <laughs> and I was ready for it. I was ready for the don't matter, but you didn't give it to us. I think this is such a savvy play because I think a lot of people are going to be looking at the other side of the ball, seeing that Justin Fields is injured. He's got a hurt ankle. He may not even play this weekend and Seattle's getting players back. Meanwhile, the bears have a solid chance here and at a hundred dollars less in salary than what will eventually be the very, very chalky Atlanta Falcons. You're going to get some differentiation there. You can pair them up with David Montgomery, get the positive correlation there. I think this is a really, really solid tournament option on both sites. Okay. Guys, we made it through this special edition of the 4 for 4 DFS MVP podcast. We missed you, TJ. We really, really did. Make sure you guys like this video. Subscribe to the 4 for 4 YouTube channel. That really, really helps us. And if you're listening on iTunes or wherever you're listening, maybe on Spotify, make sure you subscribe and leave us a review as well. That really, really helps us. want to remind you guys about the new rest of season price, the DFS Uh, The DFS package price has been dropped to $24. Don't forget about the other... The other shows we've got going on, the Cash Game Review at 11 a.m., 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Mondays on the YouTube channel. The Yahoo DFS show with TJ and Matt Harmon on Saturdays, but that's out already this week. And the DFS Last Look with you, Jordan, and TJ, Sundays at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, only on the subscriber-only Discord. 
for four for four, four for four football on Twitter. I am Matt Savoca at Draftaholic without TJ Hernandez with Jordan Vanek. What's your what's your handle on Twitter, Jordan? Uh, at Jordan Vanek DFS. That is that is what you where you can find me there. You'll see some casual coverage tweets here and there. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate hey you got a great twitter definitely go follow him over there we appreciate you guys so much for hanging out have a happy holidays be safe be well enjoy we will see you guys next time